So you already know your kid is emotionally dysregulated. Now we're going to talk about what you can do about it starting today. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. Join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we're continuing our conversation about emotional dysregulation. And today, we're going to dig into how do we support our kids who are emotionally dysregulated and help to reduce those annoying behaviors and make our kids feel fabulous about themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, this is It's Gonna Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne, and we're continuing our conversation about emotional dysregulation. And today, we're gonna talk about what the heck to do about it. We're gonna talk about fostering emotional regulation, even for super dysregulated kids. Whenever parents come in, I get People fly in all over the world. I work with people from all over because we can work in person and virtually with people. They always want to know, is this the most dysregulated kid? Is this the worst brain map? I'm not going to tell you that, but it never usually is. (laughs) I always look at it like this. We got nowhere to go but up and we can reduce behaviors. We just got to chip away at it. So I think some of the questions that I really get from parents is... Why is my kid behaving this way? Yes, I have the beautiful ability to use a QEG brain map or do a brain check. And we can really see what's going on in the brain. And we can see what's overstimulated and understimulated. When we're talking about a dysregulated brain, most of the time, we are talking about an overstimulated, sympathetic, dominant brain, a brain that's in a rev state, a brain that's in an overactive state is going to be sensitive to its environment. And that is what's driving a lot of behavior. Go back and listen to my kids not doing this on purpose. We talk a lot about this in our natural parenting solutions group. You can go to drrosanne.com forward slash group or Facebook search natural parenting and look for a picture of me and my boys. Let's talk about what are strategies we can do to support a dysregulated child. So the first thing I'm going to do is say, you're going to, this is multifaceted. You're going to manage your own stress. That's sharing your calm. And you're going to support your child in managing their own stress. That is really important. And we're going to do that using positive communication. This is not always easy. This is going to require patience and consistency and all that fun jazz. Uh, We didn't know we were going to get a difficult kid, but that is what you were given. With every mess is an opportunity to better things. And all of these things are going to bring us to our lifestyle. And we want to integrate as much as we can, whether it's diet, it's exercise, you're using our Calm PMF, got my book, it's going to be okay. And you're diving into these strategies like, I love magnesium. Everybody's got to do magnesium. But we can't just say, Martin, you're the only one who has emotional dysregulation. Nobody else is going to work on it. No, the best way to do it is to work at it as a family. And that is important. We have to help our kids do better. And that means that we are helping ourselves as well. And we're going to share our calm. Let's talk some more about strategies that could be helpful for parents. That is important. So number one, you've heard me talk all about this calming the brain. 
I have a lot of tips. This is like a juicy episode. And I know I've been told I'm a walking encyclopedia. That's what happens when you work with tens of thousands of kids over 30 years. I just want you to know the magic juju is this. Calm the brain, teach new skills. That is it. And you need the constancy of both. There isn't a magic pill. Yes, things like our Calm PMF are amazing and help people. And it does it you know, in an easy way. And we could talk about that. And there's a whole episode on that. And I would encourage you to listen to that. But you've got to calm that brain. And what are the skills you're going to teach? So I've already mentioned managing your own stress, supporting your child. But you've got to teach coping skills. Your kids have a low frustration tolerance. They need to know how to manage big emotions when things don't go your way. And this means you have to be incredibly descriptive and explicit. Have that patience and consistency. Super, super, super important. Part of our kids, especially when their brain is that mix of that under and overstimulated We want to preview expected and unexpected behaviors. We want to let them know things in advance. So a lot of times, they don't expect certain things to happen. And it's almost like a startle response. What I always try to do is role play. Like, and I also have gotten, you know, my kids, but taught other families to just get in a way that they know this is what's happening. It's so funny. My older son who struggles with emotional regulation is way, way better due to Lyme and pans. We have to say pans, but he now asks me in advance. Like, I don't even have to cue him. He's gotten so good at it. We have to be careful that we are not using negative talk and we are not displaying ruminating talk, negative ruminating talk. And don't think just because your spouse is even more negative you that you're far better. You may have lots of room and know that our brain has a negativity bias. And I have a blog called Nixing the Negativity Bias. We'll talk more about it. But You have to really be a glass half full and talk like that. Super important. And if you have an emotional kid, they are just tough and they're negative. So you've got to really be that constant in every day, not just in that situation, but lots of things. You drop something on the floor, you go, ah, whatever. I'm glad I got another one. Those are those learning opportunities. I can't say how important that is. Your kids are monkey see, monkey do. They are going to watch every single thing you do. They're going to listen when you're not thinking they're listening. They don't listen when we want them to listen. But they're going to absorb, absorb, absorb. We want to use emotional language with our kids. I think this is one of the hardest things when we have ragey kids, angry kids, or maybe you were raised in a family that didn't have emotional language. And through the pandemic, people use less emotional language because they're so disconnected. But we want to say things like, I feel like maybe I'm kind of sad by that. And I'm feeling it, you know, in my chest or, you know, my heart hurts a little bit or, you know, you want them to sort of connect. You role model it. You say to them, Oh, I see you're really stressed. Put your hand on where in your body it's bothering you. And they start to be able to weed out, you know, is this anger or is this something else? Is this something I should react to? You know, you want to do that. So important to reinforce desired behaviors. I can't say enough about this. We just assume our kids are bright and they know what to do. They don't. So we want to role model and then reinforce their attempts when your kid flips out at you because of the garbage, right? You want to say, I see you took the garbage out. Thank you. Hello. So helpful. And then be like, okay, but we 
we were working on putting the other garbage, you know, bag in there and you forgot. And, you know, I can even say this with my own, my own kid, my kid's like, oh yeah. In the old days, he'll be, he would have been like, ah, never doing the garbage again. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you people with the emotional kids. And we just want to reinforce those desired behaviors. You know, if you've been listening to me, I try to use humor as much as possible. I feel that it gets me to calm the heck down. Also, I think I'm so funny. So I try to be funny all the time. But it just diffuses a lot, pushes the Hulk back and brings out Bruce Banner, as I always say. You want to connect with your kid. I know it's tough to have a really reactive kid. But the more you connect with them, the more they feel safe in helping support them. And you can say like, my, you know, mommy's job, you know, daddy's job, grandma's job is to help you, you know, thrive. And I always used examples from my own life of things that were hard that I had to achieve and that I had to work at. And I just reinforce it. And it's good. And since we are a funny household, my kids like to tease me at things that I'm not good at. And I, I, I welcome it. And when I don't welcome it, I let them know. Hey there, Dr. Roseanne here, and I'm excited to tell you about my school accommodations guide, which I believe can be a game changer for parents and caregivers of children with special needs or mental health and behavioral challenges. As a parent myself, I understand how challenging it can be to navigate the complex world of IEP and 504 accommodations. That is exactly why I created this guide to provide you with the information you need to advocate for your child's rights and to ensure they're getting the right support that they need to be able to succeed academically, behaviorally, socially, emotionally at school. I've done the work for you, and you have accommodations for over 30 common issues that affect learning. This 80-page guide, you're just going to have a directory that you need to flip through and find exactly the right modifications and accommodations that your child needs. I'm passionate about helping children and their families, and I truly believe this guide can make a difference in the lives of those who use it. That's why I'm offering it completely free. So if you want to make sure your child is getting the best possible education and support, head over to www.drrosanne.com forward slash 504 to download the ultimate school accommodations guide today. I can't wait to hear how this helps you and your child. You want to educate yourself and your child. It's so important. I think one of the most mind-blowing experiences for people is when they come in and they do a brain map and I'm able to show them what is over and underactive and what that means. They are just blown away. Twice last week, somebody said that it felt like they were getting a psychic reading. It's one of my favorite things to have people do. It's pretty amazing. And if, and if somebody's interested in working with us, you can go to drrosanne.com and apply. That's where our solution matcher is as well. And it will help you. But I think that we have to help our kids. When your kids actually... A lot of these things are when you are dealing with a behavior proactively. And it has to be proactive, peeps. The reactive, yes, we have to get in there in the WWE match and deal with it when they're having a meltdown. But most of your work should be proactive. That's where the magic happens. The magic's in the micro. 
remember, okay? It's an unlock it moment to understanding behavior. But what happens when your kid is having a meltdown? First of all, you want to use positive communication. You want to love them up. You're not going to punish your kid for a meltdown, you know, unless they're unsafe. You want to, you know, help them. Some kids are just really, really reactive. And we talked about all these reasons, whether they have RSD, rejection sensitivity, dysphoria, or they have ADHD, or they have a mood disorder, or they have nothing. And they're just very reactive with any kind of criticism. My easy, easy kid who is dyslexic, you know, for a long time, anytime we try to get him to do anything related to reading, you would just see that he was just... Oh, it was like a struggle for him. It was so hard. He's so dyslexic and he's just such an easy kid and he gets so much pride and that everybody loves Giancarlo. I mean, the teacher stopped me to tell me how fabulous he is. On, on Tuesday night, they stopped me to say that he has, she said he's his, her favorite. And I know this is to be true. He's been told this before and that he has the kindest heart. I mean, it's just the best to hear that your kid is a kind person. But he, even the easy kid can be super reactive when something is a challenge for them, like a real challenge. But, you know, in the case of like RSD, these are kids that are just like, you're like, what did I say? I'm walking on eggshells, you know? So supporting them in their tantrums, not trying to talk to them when the Hulk is there is really important. And you want to do that work outside of it and keep building and keep reinforcing an emotionally dysregulated kid. So so behavioral regulation, response inhibition is the number one thing you need for executive functioning, higher level tasks of any kind. So we've got to calm that brain. We want to empower our kids. We want to teach them about their brain. We want to teach them about their strengths. There is nothing wrong with having a neurodivergent brain. We got to get over that. But what we want to do is show people what their strengths are. This emotional regulation isn't a strength of your child, but it needs to be. It is so important for every aspect of their life, even if they're a good student. Sometimes I have kids that are so with it at school and they're just a hot mess at home. This is going to affect every relationship. You can't live like that. And please know that's actually pretty normal for kids to hold it together at school. If you've heard me speak before on this, because there's structured routine, there's peer pressure, And some of that may be sensory processing that they're holding it together in advance. But there are many, many things that we can do to support our kids. Having clear limits, having clear expectations in advance of things that you know are trouble areas. Maybe your child dysregulates when you go out to eat when it's about food. We just went to a great vacation with our friends and our kids were like a mob. And we went over the expectations really clearly in advance. So there was no problems. I also was like, hey, listen, you know, the Hodges have these food rules. The Hartmans have these full food rules. And I told my Max, we have to respect and honor it. I don't want them to feel bad. And I want you to feel bad. And this is how it's going down. And it was great. And there was like no disagreement over it. And I was really clear about the expectations. I got that. I know, mom. And I was like, well, I just want to be clear so we don't have any discord about it. It was really helpful. And we've done that. And the more you do that, the more they come to expect it and understand. And if you're consistent, they know what the rules and regulations are. On the last episode, we talked about cognitive repraisal. But you want to get your kids to not in that moment to look at the situation, problem solve, come up with ideas and start getting them to think differently. It's a process. It takes time. 
you know, you want to do everything you can to calm that brain, teach new skills. One of the ways we do calm the brain is our calm PMF. You can go to drrosanne.com, calm PMF. It's an awesome tool. You know, there's also lots of solutions and we can help you with a variety of ways and find out what right solution is for you. You can go to drrosanne.com forward slash apply. I hope this brought you hope. Share this episode with another parent because there isn't a child just like my easy child. We all have kids and they get emotionally dysregulated. Sometimes it's a period of time for it's just developmentally normal. Sometimes you have a kid who's emotionally dysregulated a lot and it's hard on them. It's hard on you. And you just need to be supportive, be positive, role model that stress management for yourself and great problem solving and never shame or blame a kid. Really help them to know themselves and celebrate who they are. It's okay that sometimes we have an area that we struggle in. It's what we do in the struggle. Sending every mom, dad, grandparent, caregiver, and teacher a lot of love if they are caring for and helping a kid who's emotionally dysregulated. Parenting is so hard and there's so many ups and downs. And just know that no matter what's going on with your kid and family, when you're consistent, when you're positive, when you share your calm, it's going to be okay. Okay. 